This is the Comedy Kiosk podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Hello and welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast in which we discuss news, opinions, and ideas about comedy. My name is Igor Monday. And I'm David Munoz. And today we have decided to talk about pre show rituals, as in how do we prepare for a show? What's the maybe best right or wrong way to get yourself in the mood, in the zone? Uh, what have we noticed or learned about some other comics we worked with? Are there are they some things that can help you with this to relax you, to focus you, to, I don't know, make you wittier, uh, edgier on stage, anything like this? But before we get into that topic, if you want to help us and support us, please like us on all the social media where you can find us. So just look for The Comedy Kiosk on basically Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can support us on Patreon if you want to donate to us as well. And you can always leave a comment or a question, topic we can discuss, or in any other way, let us know that we can count on you our dear listeners and community. Yay! Yay! So, <laughs> let's start the podcast proper. Let's start with us then, I think, uh, since uh, we also have been performing for quite a while now and we have performed in many different places. I don't know, do you keep count yeah. of uh, the places you performed in? No, not really. I, I mean, we, we did that for the uh, in an early episode of the podcast where you asked me, we had to like quiz each other at the very beginning. It was like, how many shows that I'd done? I, it was the first time I actually had to sit down and start thinking. And then you corrected me later on because uh, oh, you right. mentioned a couple of nights. And I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, I forgot those places. So, no, I, I do not keep a track of how many shows I've done, nor what venues I've done or different locations or for me, I think the easiest would be cities, but I still have to think about it. I don't know off the top of my head. I haven't purposely counted it and keep kept track. Well, I know approximately, approximately, not, uh, of course, to the last bar or an open mic that I just attended for 10 minutes or something like this, but I know approximately how many places I performed in. I'm not sure how many shows, to be honest. Uh, I could probably just create some kind of formula, you know, two shows a week for this many years. But then sometimes it was, you know, two weeks of performing every day when I'm on tour. Sometimes it was some holidays or something not performing at all. So mm. I, I, I don't know, but definitely we have years and years of experience. Uh, let's call it like that, which means that at this point, I don't know how is it for you, but at this point, I'm kind of more or less always ready to perform. You know what Ooh. I mean? Like, uh, there were shows where I show up to the show as an organizer, for example, with the with the organization I'm running, and some of some a comedian just uh, backs out, cannot make it, something something, and I just you know okay, I'm next, so I go on stage and perform. I wasn't supposed to be in that show or something like this. So you know, uh. I don't think that now I need. Maybe it's due to let's say, strong catalog of material that I accumulated so I can just, you know, just tell any old jokes and they'll work if the audience hasn't heard it before. Or maybe yeah. it's because just, you know, this kind of, again, confidence due to experience or something. I've done it a thousand times. I can do it a thousand and first as well. Yeah. But when it's when it's just a regular, let's say, Friday feature show, then no problem. If it's some bigger show and it's, you know, like huge crowd, new room, big expectations, something like this, then of course I can also get a bit jittery and I need some time to 
prepare myself mentally, sometimes even physically. So let's yeah. start with you then. What's your what's your ritual? Do you have any? How do you get ready for the show? Maybe even like, you know, earlier in the day or in the week, if you start thinking about the set, about the jokes, when do you actually select the jokes you're going to do? When do you turn it the, like separate jokes into a set? What do you do exactly mm-hmm. before the show? All of this. Tell us everything. Wow. Okay, that's a lot. And and it's changed, of course, uh, over time, and it depends on certain factors. But overall, the way I'd like to do it, if, 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 it's, if it's running perfectly, that means let's say I have a show on Friday. I would like to actually kind of think about the set that I'm going to do a few days before, a couple of days mm-hmm. before, think about the set, kind of run it through in my head. Uh, I used to really like, you know, then having like a couple of drinks at home, maybe a couple of wines or beers or something like that and kind of run through the set while I'm on the balcony, kind of talk it through. Usually that's when I come up with more tags or more ideas or ways of saying it because it catches me as funny. You know, I'm just kind of playing with it. I'm, I'm improvising. Sorry, do you, pass, then, do you pass the bucket uh, to your neighbors on the balconies <laughs> when you finish or is it like a free free performance? It's a free show. Free they, get, they get a free show. Yeah. Well, well, you know, as long as they give feedback, constructive feedback. So it, oh, I see. So it's like an open training kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a preview show, as they call it. Previews. Oh, right. So, right. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of, yeah, I, run, I used to run through it like that. And then, yeah, I, and then I would kind of like plan it out, the beats in my head. So it's like, okay, it's this bit followed by that bit. Can't forget that bit. And that's after that, that's when I write it down, the notes. And I write down the ideas uh, enough that it will, I, I understand what I'm looking at. So it's like a list. And then... Then maybe the night before, practice a little bit, and then I would go on the day, of course, just before the show, I would be looking at the list and just kind of running through. And I kind of bounce around, so I might think about this bit, and then I think about another bit. So I think of them differently at different stages of the story, because I think if you can do each stage individually, even if it doesn't make sense, like, you know, because it's a proper story, but even if you can run like, okay, that section here and you can do those few lines, another section in a totally different spot and you know those few lines, then I think you have it pretty much in your brain the way it should be. You know, you can bounce around on it. So that's probably the the way um, I would prepare a set. Uh, it's the way I used to do it. Now, I don't know. I think I still do it with new material when it's new stuff. When mm-hmm. it's old stuff, I just look in the book and go, okay, that one, that one, that one, and I'll do that. But when it's new stuff, I still sort of do that. Yeah, I, I like to give it a few days before and slowly build up each day, do something a little bit with it, and then. But I don't. I, I try also not to overdo it, because I mm-hmm. think sometimes also if you over memorize it, way too, too strictly, I think it ends up becoming, it, it's dead on arrival. The and, passion's and gone. You, and do you like run through your script of the joke? at home or maybe at the club when you reach it uh, before it's your time to go on stage and stuff. Because I've seen people, you know, like they go into the hallway or green room, yeah. there is one or some kind of, you know, a fire exit or somewhere where they can be, you know, alone, walk in yeah. the circle and basically, you know, recite their set just to yeah. kind of learn the each word, each phrase, each pause, this kind of stuff. Yeah, not necessarily the pause, but it's like what I do at the balcony. You know, I'm just running. Oh, this is your balcony. I see. Yeah, this so is not, my balcony. Not at the club, not before the show, but in advance. Well, when sort of. Yeah, when you're just I, like, let's say, writing the joke, preparing the joke yeah. to be told. That's what I'm doing. It. Yeah, and I'm playing with it at the club. I'll probably yeah, we'll go through it again while I'm sitting down. I'm just looking at those notes. And that's what those those written words, those list of words. That's what I will generally 
use and yeah I'll, I'll run through it before but it also depends and this is another thing as well it depends on do you have that hallway or that green room to do this stuff or are you literally stuck in in a room where the show is going uh sometimes i i have to because i'm going through the list i kind of have to ignore whoever's on stage i try to like shut them out because otherwise i'm worried that sometimes i might get too involved in their set Let's go oh my god i'm loving it and then forget my set I remember I their jokes, but I won't remember mine. And I'll be like, yeah, ah, crap, yeah. that's not my bit. I just remembered, you know, so-and-so's bit about whatever, you know, about Pop-Tarts. And I'm like, crap, now now all I'm thinking about is Pop-Tarts and tags for about Pop-Tarts that I can, you know, suggest. And then I'm like, ah, crap, what about my joke? What was my bit? So I, I'm worried. That's one of those paranoia things that I have. I think I have probably have more paranoia than actual superstitions or whatever. But, you know, he's like, no, no, I don't want to do that. You know, so well, I've seen I've seen guys when they are in the same room as the performance. So, for example, let's say it's, uh, you know, there is no green room or they don't want to go somewhere in the hallway or whatever. Mm -hmm. They would put on like kind of noise canceling headphones, either play something on them or not, even just for silence yeah. and then sit in that same corner and like write and rewrite and I don't know, cross out jokes and like arrange the set just to kind of isolate themselves from the environment. Because yeah. I guess it's so easy to get distracted, you know, by anything in a, in a club or in a bar. But especially if yeah. you're try to listen to the material of another comic and you're like, oh, that's actually funny. Oh, I wish he said here uh, another word here or I wish he stopped there. And then you yeah. kind of spend their whole set analyzing their set or whatever and you forget to work on yours basically yeah yeah exactly so that can happen but then sometimes i think that's good because when you watch someone else's set you can see oh the crowd's like this today like oh okay this and that so that that can also be helpful so that's well kind of i would say i would say definitely it's good to watch the person the host let's say mm. so just to catch when especially if they're doing crowd work and trying to yeah. talk to the crowd to see you know who's in the room who is yeah. uh, who do they talk to and you can have some kind of callback joke Re try to remember oh yeah. your name is peter and you are from austria and you are here for the first time you know like during the crowd work and hosting bit and i would say watch at least the second part of the comic before you because you then see like if they struggled and let's say bombed, then you probably have to bring some heavy artillery to the beginning of your set. If they, yeah. you know, killed it and you just have to ride the wave, then it's also different. But yeah. yeah. So by yeah, that no, point, I, I think you should already, when it's like half of the set of the comedian before you, you should already be ready, you know, like kind yeah. of, if you're not ready then, then nothing's going to save you, at least <laughs> except bringing some, you know, papers, script on the stage, if it's your, if it's an open mic and it's your first time doing this material or something like this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's that. Another thing I also used to do, now this is getting more into the making yourself feel confident sort of stuff before the show. So there's a couple of things I, I've sometimes done. Sometimes I'll drink uh, coffee or I'll drink Coca-Cola or Pepsi or whatever, you know, some sort of cola, just to kind of get a bit of caffeine, get a bit of buzz going, if, especially if I'm not feeling like I'm particularly buzzed. But the problem with that, I think it's even worse. I, in the past, I used to try to have like one or two drinks of, of alcohol, like, you know, two beers or two, two whiskey and cola or something like that, right? But I think it's it's that's always dangerous because there have been times where... I don't know, like you, you have, uh, maybe you haven't eaten lunch that day and those two drinks hit you quick and hard and all of a sudden you're a little bit, a bit too buzzy and by yeah, then you lost, yeah. you, you lost your self-control and you're like, fuck it, I'll have a third one. And by the end, before you're about to go on stage, you realize you're on drink number four and you're, you're quite buzzed 
a little bit too much, and now you're like, ah, oh, shit. Now I got to remember how this how the story goes, like the connections. Shit. So that can happen. Uh, have you ever used alcohol or anything like that before shows? Like, do you used to or still do or anything like that? Any particular beverages? Well, beverages, beverages, or beverages. Yes, beverages. Sorry, I've had I've had three I've had three drinks already. All right, leave me alone. Yeah, you've used some beverages obviously before this podcast to get you to relax. I think I've used three types of beverages, three types of beverages before the show before my performance or set but not only beverages but uh, this I will, I, will, I will give you an example of this in the end and it's not what you think and you'll be surprised what it is but let not me heroin? talk about heroin heroin oh yes it's heroin you guessed it okay, god damn go. it it was yeah, too easy i, I guess yeah, i was trying hey, to make on. a mystery out of so it so you <laughs> yeah uh right so as for drinks i use coffee if mm-hmm. I'm very, very, you know, if I feel very sluggish, I feel very uh, tired or sleepy or, you know, something like this. I had a long day and it's Friday evening and I need to just, you know, get a bit of a boost, you know, wake up a bit and, and have that extra kick that caffeine yeah. can sometimes give you. But this was very rarely. Sometimes I would drink an energy drink like Red Bull mm-hmm. or something. This oh. is when I can't get my brain to work. So not when I'm like sleepy or tired, but you know, sometimes you just have, like, I just can't remember what I, you know, it's just not quick enough. Like, yeah. you know, my my brain gets a bit also like tired or something or- So this I is know, I just your cocaine, like a, your methamphetamine. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a wake up call for my brain. Yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, some kind of uh, instant caffeine or, or sugar or taurine or whatever. It's in all these horrible drinks that gives you a bit of a kick just before you know for for a short period of time but it does you know fire up my neurons and i'm able to do like remember my jokes better be wittier be faster on stage and stuff like this so i remember one show that i did in croatia maybe five six years ago it was a two-man show and for the first time in a new city that i've never performed in and the crowd was so amazing like before the show they were actually they recognized us from the poster and stuff and they would come up to us and, and introduce themselves and be like oh we can't wait to see this oh we're so excited oh we don't have english comedy so often and you no know, it started becoming like some i was glad that they did but it, it the pressure you know oh, it was right. building up the pressure because we were like yeah. okay now what if we bomb now you know yeah. all these people kind of you know put their trust in us so i think i had and we had red bulls on the house because i think there's had some sponsorship with a red bull company oh. or whatever so i think i had like four or five the problem is i started having the first one maybe two hours we came to the venue quite early because we were like let's see the venue do the mic check and everything and then chill before the show so i think i started with my first one maybe two hours before the show so i had like let's say four or five red bulls basically before the start of the show and thank god i was going first because exactly after i finished maybe like five minutes later it just i just burned out and i was just ready to kind of sleep and die i don't know was it kind of the relief after stress and performance and then i was finally calm enough to calm down or was it yeah. all the red bulls have lost its power and i was you know just basically dead instantly but yeah like five minutes after my performance while the other guy was performing i almost fell asleep wow. on the chair in the back just listening to him because i was done i was so exhausted so that's my first and thing, he was like, boring as shit 
Yeah, and he was horrible. Yeah, not funny yeah. at all. So it's a shame I had to open for him, but but <laughs> here we are. Then the other one is alcohol. Yeah, I, I, I like to have a beer or something, a couple of beers maybe before the show, not because it's an instrument of something, you know, not to benefit mm-hmm. the show. It's just when I'm in a bar, I like to have a beer, you know. Yeah. The problem is sometimes if it's a particularly horrible show or a particularly fun show. So either of these, when it's a, when it's a boring or bad show, so it's a mm-hmm. bad vibe, bad crowd, something, something. I could have more than one or two beers. If I have one or two yeah. beers, I'm I'm perfectly fine. You know, it's just, it doesn't mm-hmm. really do anything. It doesn't relax me or something, put me in the mood, but it doesn't also slow me down or make me like forget my jokes or something like this. But if I yeah. have three, four and more, it can. Mm-hmm. So it has happened that by the time I was about to close the show or something, I was pretty buzzed, like quite tipsy. And I would come on stage and be like, well, not like this, obviously, but yeah. you know, I would uh, mispronounce some words or forget my joke. Or I think it was visible that I was tipsy. And also audience yeah. does not like it because it's quite, to be fair, it's quite unprofessional. And you know, it's not something yeah. I'm proud of, but it, it, it has happened maybe two, yeah. three times in my like eight years of performing that I just misjudged. Sometimes even those two ones can be deadly if you haven't eaten, if you're tired or sleepy yeah. or something. So, but yeah, that has happened as well, that the alcohol was an enemy rather than an ally. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I was saying before. Yeah, that's that's happened to me. And even like when I'm doing a set and, and my problem is like when you go last or whatever and you're like, you're just sitting there and you're just waiting for your time to rush. So you have a beer, then you have another one and you don't realize that you've just had too many or whatever. And then you know or maybe there's particularly strong beers you know and you're like oh crap and you feel yourself getting buzzed and you're like oh no oh no because the other thing i've also had is where you go okay i can feel myself getting buzzed i've still got some time stop drinking and you know calm it down and then you have the crash afterwards as well you just have the i just want to go to bed man (laughs) so that can happen as well so yeah I, i would say like anyone who's thinking about using alcohol to just calm my nerves and just you know get into because i'm funny when i drink and stuff like that that is dangerous and actually the the one year that i that i did last year completely dry no alcohol whatsoever i've got to say it was fantastic for i think my comedy because it it got me on how to how to get into the zone in a way without using alcohol or convincing myself that alcohol was necessary i totally sober had some of my best shows so it was like you know come up with some of my best material without touching a drop of alcohol all year so it was like yeah i can do it without it like you don't like I know in the past I, I would take a couple of drinks while I was creating the bits on my balcony because you're using that kind of that drunken hazy mind memory or perspective or whatever to create uh, so that was helpful however it's not necessary that's what I discovered I can do it without it perfectly fine I'm not saying I now refuse to drink and when I come up with my bits no I mean you know if I want I can but I also know that no I don't I don't have to sometimes what I actually like to do is I come up with the initial bit completely so but then when i'm rerunning it through maybe i've had a couple of drinks i do it in a really relaxed way come up with silly ideas and then edit it completely sober you know what i mean for, for me that first let's say one beer or two beers maximum but let's say one beer sometimes it helps i would say in a psychological way rather than yeah. you know in a, in a in a actual physical way that it yeah. you know relaxes you or whatever it's just kind of it's time for me to to gather my thoughts you know i sit mm-hmm. down I sip on my beer mm. 
and I just silently in my head maybe go through my material or read, try to read the room, see who's there, or in some way, you know, or sometimes I have that beer and I'm like, if, if it's, for example, a bad show or it's looking like it's going to be a bad show or something like this, I have a beer and I'm like, fuck it. I came out, I had a beer, my night has been, you know, it's been worth it. So now whatever happens, happens. It also, mm-hmm. let's say, releases that stress or pressure that I have to be amazing on stage. I'm like, okay, I dressed up. I came out. I saw my friends, had a beer. So, you know, it, got, it let's say- Got my pumped up kicks. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that can be that can be also a factor. But yeah. one thing that was a ritual and was, uh, let's say, a substance that I was using before shows. And trust me, on this it's the well maybe for younger people because now i'm reaching my mid-30s and i don't think (gasps) that my body would agree with this ritual anymore but this was six seven years ago when i was still in my kind of mid to late 20s but you know a young man burning calories Uh fast uh living a fast-paced life in a big uh city so it worked for me Basically, what it was is for a period of time, I was regularly hosting a Friday night show at uh-huh. uh, a bar that does English stand up. So it was like uh, Funny Friday with Eager Monday, like a themed show, uh-huh. some kind of late night show. And it consisted of uh, four segments basically. There was an improv show, then there was a stand up show, then there was a live concert, and then a DJ who was also me just spinning oh, yeah. some records, baby. Uh, so yeah. I had to, the main main thing was to be, let's say, focused, sharp, witty during that hour of stand-up because I was hosting it week to week. I knew a lot of the audience. I knew a lot of the comics and it could get stale if I'm not, you know, on top of my, on the top of my game. So if I'm not right. my best self. So how I discovered accidentally, it happened maybe two, three weeks by accident. And then I realized that maybe there's something there. I went to KFC. I ordered uh-huh. a big bucket of greasy chicken with a yep. large Pepsi. And that right. would be, the show was at nine. That would be around like 8.30. And from yep. KFC, there was maybe five, seven minute walk to the to the venue. So what happened was I would eat all this greasy, sugary shit. Uh, yep. No offense to KFC. Please support us on Patreon. But uh, <laughs> uh, objectively, greasy, sugary foods, right? And yeah. in approximately 30 minutes, when that when that hit my bloodstream, <laughs> I was so pumped. You know, like really, my, my brain was just firing fireworks with, with like, you know, synopsis, synapses and neurons just at work. I, I mm. really remember, like, I would come there and I couldn't wait for the show to start. I was so, like, you know, pumped and, and, and basically yeah. jumping and shaking. I'm like, let's go, let's go. Sh- sh- like sugar, proper sugar rush, but it was sugar <laughs> and calories and stuff. Let's go, let's start. Let me perform i'll go out i'll kill i would go on stage people would see that you know like level of energy or something uh, yeah. get aboard and the the crowd work the banter the everything would work perfectly so it was yeah. my ritual for i don't know three four months i think every friday i would go have a meal at kfc and then go do the show right okay yeah well, but you're right it's the sugar it's the processing those fats that that they become sugar calories things like that and it gives you the energy boost it's a quick release energy it's the same things with the caffeines the coffees all that sort of stuff it's you know the things that we do to give ourselves a, a bit of buzz and you know obviously we're just way too poor for cocaine uh this was what we should have been using you know that, that's what all the all the really famous ones 
would use or speed you know whatever yeah no that's that's actually a good point yeah some sort of stuff i I mean maybe gummy bears these days maybe maybe some gummy bears you can use maybe i don't know Uh, i'm sorry uh, yes when next time i'll do a stand-up show in a kindergarten maybe i'll use some gummy bears yeah what the uh, fuck are you talking about Do you Just, do you mean LSD? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what was in the gummy bears. That's why they were awesome. My surrealist shows really took on a different perspective. Anyway, that's one. Now, talking, you said before about psychological stuff. Uh, yeah, some people have, you know, good luck charms or psychology. I know in the past what I used to do was I used to write down, like I said, I, I wrote down my bit in note form. So it was like in simple, like catch words or like, you know, keywords down a list. I used to write them on a piece of paper and then I used to fold it up and stick it in my pocket. Oh, thank God you said pocket. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Most times I, I had it. You, so you mean your, it your prison the, pocket? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's, it, yeah. The, you know, the, the, Na- the, the nature's trunk. pocket. Yeah. Na- nature's trunk. Yeah. Nature's trunk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yours is a trunk. <laughs> Mine is a pocket, but I see that you can fit a lot of junk in that trunk. Oh yes. Yes. So I used to take, carry this piece of paper with me and it was in my pocket. So it was useless. Like, I mean, but it was just the safety net of if I got really stuck, I could pull it out, open it up and see it there. But the thing is, because I'd written it in such a very basic form, I could visualize it. So it was in my pocket. I could feel it in there, but I just had to visualize it. And I could see the words written on the piece of paper. It was like my my safety net, and it kind of gave me that whole like, no matter what, I can always find my way. So well, that's that my, like uh, yeah. any any studying technique, I guess. When you're writing the things you need to remember, not for the purpose of cheating or something, you know, you're preparing. Like it happened to me a lot in in my student days. You'd prepare like a cheat sheet, you know, mm-hmm. like you write all the lectures or something on a piece of paper that you're like, oh, if I forget some answer i can pull out this piece of paper and then you realize while you were writing it you remembered it because basically yeah. that's the technique but yeah what about so if we talk about some kind of psychological preparation or using some you know external influences like some f- foods beverages and so on uh, mm-hmm. but what about some physical preparation have you done any of those no i don't think i really have other than walking, like, you know, walking in a circle or just pacing. I'm a pacer. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pacer a as pacer. well. I, I feel uh, you, brother. Yeah. So pacing will usually help me, like the walking and thinking, walking and thinking, walking and thinking helps me. But um, nothing in particular. However, you have told me of a former colleague of ours who does have a very specific sort of ritual. Would you care to share? Well, I don't think it's very specific, but uh, it worked for him definitely. Because in those situations that I just mentioned, for me, when it was, for example, I'm tired or I'm a bit uh, low on energy or I'm just a bit anxious and stressed about the show, you know, so you have to somehow get the blood pumping and, and uh, you know, you get to get yourself in the in the mood and the zone, what he mm-hmm. would do is backstage or wherever kind of space away from the eyes of the audience was available, he would do around 20 push-ups, just like really fast, you know, like one, two, three, four, five. And that would, the adrenaline and that rush mm-hmm. that the body would produce 
like you know he would get a bit kind of red in the cheeks you know like yeah. the, the blood rush he would get a bit like sweaty a bit like i don't know puffy of all this like physical exercise mm-hmm. because he wasn't some kind of athlete or you know in his prime physical condition at that point so it was also a bit you know tiresome for him to do it but exactly that would get his heart and, and and blood pumping and then he would just run on stage and again have that you know kind of jumpy energy that like you know i yeah. just i just woke up um my whole body you know i sh- i kind of shook it and i and now ready for this and people really kind of get on board and that energy you know they pick up on that energy and it just spreads along the room so i remember him doing that several times even when we were traveling and performing i remember the show he just so he did a it was wednesday evening and mm-hmm. one comic actually three comics three of us it was five people on tour we flew in a day before so we uh-huh. slept there then one flew in that morning and then this guy basically it was wednesday the show was on a wednesday he worked till six or whatever then he got on a plane flew for two hours thank god due to time difference he was still there by nine to do the show so basically he came like he landed he got a cab he gave the address of the comedy club and he was there like five minutes before his set was up so basically he came there he went into the green room changed or whatever you know took his jacket off like threw his backpack uh, in the corner did 20 push-ups and went on stage and killed so because otherwise he would just if he sat down he would fall asleep you know because he was just exhausted from the trip and the jet lag and everything so Mm. yeah it it definitely works i'm not sure it works for everyone because if i did 20 push-ups i would just die that's it. I'd just die. Like I would, you know, I would not be able to tell jokes for the next twenty minutes because I would be out of breath and just, you know, exhausted. But and I and I would need someone to explain what a push up is to me. So and then it'd be all that the learning curve. By the time I figured it out, the my the show's over. People are going home, and I'm like, fuck, I missed my bit. So, and they're like, yeah. wait, is that a, is that our headliner doing some kind of push ups in the corner? <laughs> Trying Weird. to do push ups? Is he trying? Is he watching a YouTube tutorial on push-ups? What? The yeah. f- <laughs> exactly. So that's uh, that. That's I always thought it was, but I always thought it was a good one. Like when I heard about it, it's like actually that makes a lot of sense. Like just getting that blood moving, revving it around, and all the rest. Yeah, that I think that's a really good idea. Uh, do you, Do you know anyone else with any other funky rituals? Well, I saw people, and I'm amazed by. I think this is just you know pure professionalism and probably years in the business and experience and this kind of confidence and stuff. But I, I'm amazed when I see people who can just turn it on, you know, they yeah. just like snap their fingers and that's it. They're now a stage ready comedian, you know, and yeah. I saw this as well. Also on one of the shows I've done with a touring comic. So I think he just came from Germany at that point or Amsterdam or something. He came that day in the afternoon for a show in the in the evening and he was stuck in a traffic jam or something on the border for like three hours in a car with no ac on like plus 40 degrees and stuff and uh, i came to the club a bit earlier like maybe an hour and a half before the show the doors opened let's say 30 minutes before the show so for an hour it was just me him and some bar staff there and yeah he told me the story how he's like super exhausted has a super strong headache probably sunstroke as well after spending like three hours in a 
car with no AC under the direct yeah. sunlight. And basically then, I don't know, 10 minutes before the show, he has a tall glass of water with ice, just kind of, you know, a little bit like smacks his cheeks and goes like, okay, let's do this. And the guy's stage ready. And he turns yeah. from a person that was sitting there, you know, really kind of dying, you know, just kind of, ah, oh, oh my God, my head hurts. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, could I take a nap now? Do I have 20 minutes? Uh, this and that, you know, yeah. just being a person to just like being a performer, professional, yeah. in like a, a minute and without any, you know, like tools, props, uh, whatever, rituals, just, you know, just, okay, now I do my job. You know, that's yeah. it. And uh, I think, yeah, that's some kind of professionalism, I would say, and confidence in yourself and your set. And, you know, but uh, I, I, I've, I've seen that on a few different examples, few different people I worked with where the same, like Jim Gaffigan, right? The same thing, like I was hanging out with him uh, in the in the green room before the show started when we had him here. And uh, mm -hmm. he was also like, he just flew in. I think it took him, I don't know, 12 hours on a plane. And also he flew in something at like five in the morning. So basically mm -hmm. he checked into a hotel and slept till five in the afternoon. And the show was like at seven or nine that evening. So the man just woke up, took a 20-minute walk around the city and came to the club. And you could see, and he's not a young man, not to, you know, call him like an elderly person or something, but, you know, he's not a young man. Plus, he's, right. a, he's, he's, a, he's a father of five kids and, and shit must be exhausting, right? So that's why you could see that the man is tired and you could see it in the green room. You could see that he's just tired. When he stepped on the stage, you could see none of that. There was yeah. not a person uh, in the room that could say, that man is tired or that man is not ready for the show or, you know, something, yeah. nothing completely switched it on and was, you know, fully kind of fresh, energetic, professional. Yeah. So I think that's a big difference. I think that's where like, you know, I, I think I'm still very affected by my day and things like that. And I think the pros are the ones where it doesn't, they can be going through a divorce and they will still get up on stage and perform with the same enthusiasm and, like it, it just won't get to them. I think that's because they've hit they've hit another level. Where, I, I when think they do uh, it. when you when you give this example, you say like it's the worst thing in the world. Like they could be going through a divorce, but it's only the worst <laughs> thing in the world if you are Chris Rock or who else was it that uh, their wife took basically half of their half of I their. I thought that was. Uh, I thought that that's what divorce was. I thought it was Latin for half. I mean, uh, yeah, it's the uh, I'm I'm not sure about the origin of the term, but uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, yeah, but only yeah. if you're going through such a divorce, you know, maybe when you yeah. or some kind of emotionally painful painful divorce. But I'm sure that some people are happy mm -hmm. when they finally reach the divorce stage, maybe. you know, when they are they're in their freedom is pending. So, but the way you say it, you know, like oh, some people perform even if they're going through a divorce. You know, well, like no, it's but the, worst the, the thing process, in the world. even if it's a positive thing, like going through it, is still not a fun thing. Like even if if it's like oh my god, free liberation, but still dealing with the lawyers, going all that, having to discuss things. You know, there is going to be like even if it is a positive, there's still going to be the whole wow that messed up. Like I think for most people, divorce is not. I think the majority of people, divorce is not a great fun thing you know it's not like someone goes oh my god i cannot wait to get married so i can get divorced again that was so awesome like awesome fun i mean some some, some people some people well obviously they don't plan the divorce when they get married but they do say i can't wait to get divorced so i can get married again that's the but first that's what thing i mean that's the normal but, the marriage is the fun part well yeah but i mean it, it, 
okay, not to go too deep into your definition of the worst thing that's happening in your life and you still have to do comedy, but I would say something like, I don't know, cancer or whatever. I think even there's some stuff that even a professional would be like, you know what? No, I am not going on stage. You know, someone, if they lost a child, for example, I don't think any comedian will be, I think the person, if someone were to still get up on stage and be cracking jokes after they've just lost it, I'd be like, there is something wrong with you. Like that is not healthy right <laughs> like Don't know. i'm not saying I mean, i'm not saying the worst thing but i'm just saying a bad thing like a pretty damn bad thing that most people would not find enjoyable i think a professional comedian can kind of you know go over that like it's a job for them it's a it's a it's a it's some work that they're doing it's not just a hobby at that point like you know they've reached a level of professionalism where no matter like most things in life would not phase them from doing their job and fulfilling their commitments you know only something really really bad absolutely horrible would completely destroy them and and that's what i mean like you were saying before like being tired being exhausted for them that's like a minor thing that gets in the way it's like they can switch it on for the next 30 minutes or the next hour and then go off it's like like people at work even like if you're really good at your job even on a bad tired day sometimes you just go nut and you just force yourself you push it you get it out and you still do it and then you go home and you collapse well i mean not to say that it's a hard job or whatever, but it's a similar comparison. I don't know, professional sportsmen, footballers, you yeah. know, no one's going to ask you, are you tired today or do you miss your mom today or something like, are you divorcing your wife today? If there is a game to be played, you play the game. You know what I mean? It's just you turn yeah. it on and then you do your job at the end of the day if you're doing it seriously and professionally that's that's what expected from you it's a guarantee it's an agreement between you and the audience you and the venue you and the organizer that you will come and do your job but uh, yeah so what would be some kind of maybe ideas or recommendations you could give our listeners if they are aspiring or already active comedians and they're looking for some ways to you know for for ways to prepare for the show for ways to get them in that right mindset uh, zone and to you know maximize any kind of preparation or whatever they can before the show and before their set actually starts yeah i would say be careful of alcohol and stimulants of any kind whether legal or illegal be careful with them because it's it's easy to misjudge but they can be helpful. They can be useful, especially like you were saying before with the Red Bull and things like, you know, on Dead Nights, he's like, stuff it. I need something quick, hard, bang. So, you know, they can be helpful, but they're not necessary. And I think getting to the point where you can do it without is even better. Like, you know, if you can train yourself and that's it. I think it's also is training. I think a lot of times like those, just having that piece of paper in, in your pocket or doing eating that KFC and things like that. Some of it could be just psychological. Or uh, Another thing I've noticed comedians doing, like, you know, writing bits on their hand, you know, that, that whole where they look at their hand so they know what the next bit is. And some comedians have it written there, but they never look at it. But it's still just the fact that they have it there. Part of that is the ritual. And a ritual can be something... Safety safety net, I think. It's also... It's it's part of like, I should do it because I always do it. And it's like, I should do it because... I might need it. I don't want to and yeah. I don't expect it to, but in case I do, it's right there. And that knowing yeah. knowing that is also a part of that. It's yeah. a calming factor, you know? Exactly. And the same thing like sports people who, you know, wear the same socks or they always do certain things before, like you know, they might touch their locker five times with their left hand and give it a kick with their right foot. I don't know. But like that sort of thing, it puts them in that frame of mind and that's where meditation and stuff like that, everyone has their own things. I think part of, 
for 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 Gleb would have been there with the push-ups. Part of it was psychological as well, not just the physical blood pump, but just the the physical, the fact that he did these push-ups. He felt a little bit stronger. He probably felt a little bit more confident, and it just added a little bit of a boost to him. You know, it gave a boost to his ego to an extent. So I think that is also the other thing. So yeah, you, you just do what it what it takes to get yourself into that frame of mind whether that's meditation whether that's running through your bits or whatever it's about you finding your own thing and and at the same time being being prepared to then break those things like you know do it without the alcohol do it without the the push and realize oh i still can't do it knowing that you can always be combat ready <laughs> in a way like you know be be work ready be be able to jump up like that guy tall glass of of water, you know, whatever it takes to freshen you up. Maybe that was his ritual. Maybe you didn't know, but maybe he always has a tall, icy cold glass of water before he goes on stage. Maybe that's his thing, possibly. Maybe, um, could be. Yeah, and that just freshens him up and gives him that little, ah, sort of thing. You never know. So, yeah, I would say whatever works for you psychologically, as long as it's not hurting anyone else, you know, as long as it's not, you know, slapping people across the face other than your own, you know. Then I'd be imagine, like, dude, imagine that's your pre, pre-show yeah. ritual. You just go around and slap a yeah. slap a comedian. Yeah, I, I think basically whatever makes you most comfortable and confident in your material yeah. and your performance. Because I would say that uh, show preparation starts not at the sh- at the like start of the show, not when you reach the venue or on your way when you're going through your potential jokes and material. I think even something like uh, the choice of your outfit fits into that because sometimes I really feel it like if I don't care enough to like dress up or something, I just put on the yeah. first thing I find. It's also yep. the attitude I have towards my set, let's say, because I consider it, okay, I'll just go, I'll perform and whatever. You know, it's not yep. like something. But when it's uh, when I dress well, when I like how I'm dressed, it kind of also projects some confidence. And that's also something mm-hmm. that audience picks up on. And I think it can help you. So if you feel comfortable in the way you look, because the whole yep. room will see you on that stage. So no matter yeah. what is it, a, a haircut, uh, whatever, an outfit, uh, I don't know. For me, whatever, it's a jacket. Whatever it is. For the me, jacket it's a jacket. Confidence. Sometimes, sometimes. I have two particular jackets that I like to wear. One is my Piccadilly jacket. I think it's a bit working class. It's a bit rough. It's, you know, it's it's kind of an old school sort of home. It looks homemade-ish sort of thing. So it kind of has a rustic Piccadilly kind of reminds me of like oh, dog races your, or horse your races. Your hobo jacket. Yeah, I love it. And it, it puts me in the mood. I, I For some reason, that works really well. I feel like it's a, it's a real entertainer's jacket, but like cheap entertainer. Like, step right up, step right up. All right. You know, a bit of fun, a bit working class. I love it for that reason. And it gets me into that mood. I could be a bit more of a geezer, I suppose. Like when I wear the jacket, like I'm a bit more cheeky. I'm a bit more whatever. Uh, the other one I like is the my now my, my blue jacket that I bought my new suit from when I got married. And because I think it's sleeker. It's nice nice and blue it's shiny so it puts me in the very more upper class kind of like you know high class entertainment feeling so i i kind of i really enjoyed those those two jackets i noticed and i realized like when i did the semi-finals i was wearing the blue jacket and i just felt really on top of it and then i can't remember what i wore for my finals but i felt like it wasn't it wasn't professional enough and i just didn't feel quite as good i noticed like i'm like i should have worn that jacket again that was well because yeah. I, I was feeling no, very very slick 
no one's stopping you from having like a yeah. uniform. There are many stand-ups yeah. who dress, who wear exactly yeah. the same outfit or let's say the same style of outfit, whatever they yeah. do, whatever show they do. Yeah. So it's kind of their thing, Some people their go brand, the opposite. their image. Yeah. Yeah, it was that, oh God, I just forgot his name right now. Uh, but he, I, I, there's this particular British comedian. He had his own show. Ah, uh, Blondie. Anyway, uh, but he always wears a T-shirt and uh, like these jeans sort of thing, but a white T-shirt or or he's wearing those 70-style T-shirts, you know, with the green sleeves, but gray middle. Anyway, but the point is, it's a very laddish sort of thing. But then when he gets on stage, he's the guy that, you know, he's the charming guy that you'd expect to meet at the pub. He's like, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it suits him. It's him. And he always wears that sort of outfit. Um, and Sounds to me like Russell Howard, but yes, I might be wrong. Yes, yes, No, that's him. That's it. Yeah, Russell Howard. Perfect. Yeah, you know, because I saw the documentary of them and I thought, yeah, that's that's his look, you know. And the other thing was I was like, all right, he's, he's about my age, uh, maybe even a little bit older. And I'm just like... He's not your age, mate. <laughs> Sorry no? to burst your bubble. No. I think he's a little bit... Oh, he's around my age. No, I he's think he's... in his he's, 40s. Well, you are now 40, 43, I want to say. Yeah. I think yep. he might be maybe 39, 40, uh, but maybe maybe I'm mistaken. Hmm. Oh, yeah, he's uh, he's 41, my yeah. bad. So, yeah, so the thing was... Just, and I was just, just like, in much, okay. much better shape, so I didn't... Oh, yeah, he is fitter, much fitter than I am. He obviously does push-ups before he goes on stage. But he was still wearing like these T-shirts, and I'm just sort of like... I wonder if he's going to be in his 50s. When I was watching this show, I was like, I wonder if he's going to be in his 50s still wearing these like t-shirts that like a 20-something year old would wear. But it does fit his persona. But at the same time, like how can you, how long can you get away with this laddish persona? Like the football player sort of, you know, down at the park sort of thing with his skater shoes or his, you know, his runners and his jeans. And I'm like, mm, interesting. I was thinking the same thing about me because right now, like I like wearing skater shoes sort of thing. That, that style, I just bought, I just got a new pair for my birthday. Um, so I like wearing that with like maybe a pair of jeans and a jacket sort of thing. So I guess, uh, yeah, that's sort of like mixing up the stand-up comic look. But it, it, but it is the look, it is the thing. Because like, you know, the shoes keep you feeling youthful, whatever. I'm just, just like Jerry Seinfeld don't always has his sneakers. Don't, don't forget the age-old wisdom. He was mm -hmm. a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. Yeah, and that's what so, I mean. At one point, be careful should I, when, when you wear them, them vans. Yeah, yeah. yes, I, I, I must. But yeah, so that's, yeah, you're right. I think clothing also can help you psychologically. And like other comedians, they wear hoodies. You know, they're, they're really into their hoodies and things like that. Why? Because it makes them feel comfortable. Ricky Gervais has basically said he's not going to wear a suit on stage when he does his comedy shows. He wears like, you know, almost like tracksuit pants or something, you know, and he's, well, thing, yeah, and he's like, he's it's about comfort. Like black t-shirt trainers sneakers whatever you want to call them yeah. and just jeans or like uh some kind of comfortable pants and that's just his look uh yeah. ck wore the same thing for quite a long time then suddenly he came out with a special where he's wearing like a suit and tie remember mm -hmm. so people are like wait what lucy k yeah. in a suit but yeah on the other hand we have jimmy carr who's always in like a three-piece suit and that's Absolutely. that's his style and his persona yeah. and image so yeah. yeah if that boosts your confidence and if it looks looks right for you that can also be a part of that and preparation I think, and i think that's kind of the thing as well like for example another comedian i really like greg proops he has his three-piece suits always with the vests and the whole thing um but he's got a little bit of the wildish blondy hair and he's got like the the glasses that he's wearing that's kind of like this nerdy style so he's sort of like the kind of slightly eccentric the way he speaks the very verbose nature so he's sort of like this kind of 
academic, funny, sort of verbose, smart-ass. It just fits it perfectly. So I think it also depends on what, what you're going for. Like, you know, also, is it part of your image? Is it part of your thing? And that can help you, in your mind, uh, get into the zone. And I think this is, at the end of the day, this is what we're talking about with rituals. It's, it's all about getting in the zone, really. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. how do you get yourself in the zone uh, as quick as possible? And what can you do? And, you know, certain things that you might do that get you in, into the zone. I mean... Uh, is there anything that you won't do before going up a well, stage? There Opposite, are many things. I, there are many things I won't do before coming up on stage. I don't know. I won't, uh, you know, suck someone's dick just to get up on stage. Oh. You know, like there are many things that I would say no to in my life and in that particular situation as well. But I wanted to ask, uh, maybe to wrap up actually this discussion as we're talking about things that can help you. And we mentioned some of them, some are physical, some are psychological, some are like, you know, just five minutes before you go on stage, like do some push-ups. Some are like preparation a few days ago, writing some yeah. sets, preparing or repeating on the balcony, uh, choosing your mm -hmm. outfit and so on and so forth, writing uh, jokes on a little piece of paper that you can put in your pocket or in your hand, uh, learning the script by pacing in the hallway before the show, many of these things. But would you say that they are actually helpful that it's like good to do those things, that it's advice that you would give to comedians? Or do you think it's a crutch? Because if it happens that you one day cannot perform without having a beer or without having a little mm. piece of paper with your jokes in your pocket or in checking your notes maybe on your phone or on your hand, if you cannot perform without carefully selecting your mm -hmm. outfit or having that perfect three-piece suit on, is it a crutch maybe? Well, I think it can be. This is where you end up with sports people who, you know, if they don't have their lucky charm or whatever the hell they have, or they don't do so, all of a sudden they're like, I'm going to have a shit game. And psychologically, it messes them up. So I think it can be easily a crutch. And this is why I said before, it's good to break them sometimes and to force yourself to break them to realize that they are just a crutch. I mean, they, they're handy and it's great. I mean, that's why I think some, like the push-ups is easy to do. You don't need any equipment. You don't need anything. You just need you. So I think that sort of stuff is, is okay. Like if you want to do like, you know, a little bit of meditation zone, uh, all you need is a quiet place then but then some people might be able to do it without it being that quiet you know you just close your eyes and and just you know say a mantra or something this is where like you know yeah the alcohol like hey if you're performing in a dry country for example like a place that doesn't sell alcohol or a place then oh shit you know if that was been your crutch you're in trouble it depends like i would say don't get too reliant on them though it's always good to try to break it every so often that's why I, that year without alcohol for me was great because it showed me I really did not need that. That was absolutely unnecessary. But if I want to use it, I can. I just so got to make sure I do it well. So you would you would say basically the conclusion would be if it does help you, then use it, but don't become dependent on it. Yeah, don't right? get addicted to it. Yeah, so don't be like, okay, today I wore my unlucky shoes so i'm not going to perform or just put yourself psych yourself out and put yourself in the mindset of oh i'm going to bomb today because i didn't i don't know pace for 20 minutes before the show reciting mm -hmm. my jokes in my head or whatever it is the the thing you do had a red bull or had two beers yeah. or something like this yeah all right i think it's so i think it's handy to have a couple of rituals at the very least then <laughs> that's that's another option right so if you have some kind of rituals before you do shows if you're a comedian if you want to know a bit more mm -hmm. about 
us and our rituals or any other things that uh, we might answer and discuss and address in our future episodes feel free to leave us a comment or shoot us a direct message mm-hmm. on any of our social media where the comedy kiosk is present just look for the comedy kiosk on instagram twitter facebook or donate to patreon so we would just uh have money as a pre-show ritual just money that that's that'd a good be, that'd be a great ritual i think the best ritual is for everyone to start putting onto patreon that's a great ritual just to start the day yeah help us out uh, with our shows you know to get in the right zone it's easy to get yeah. in the right uh, mindset if you just have money so help yeah. us with that if you can <laughs> if not you can share this podcast recommend it to people you know that might be interested in comedy and thank you so much for listening i've been Igor monday and i've been david munoz good night ciao Thank you.